0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley.
2: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual Friday look at what happened in grain markets this week. Both wheat and canola are down. We have a feature interview with Canada's High Commissioner to the United Kingdom, Ralph Goodale. He is home in Regina for a short visit and discusses efforts to improve farm exports in a new trade agreement with Britain. Real Agriculture talks about efforts to control root rot. We also have a harvest update on crops in the Yorkton district. The farm
0: weathers in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
2: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices continued a downward trend this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Picallo says canola futures are down about $40 a metric ton this week, while spring wheat has dropped about $0.35 a bushel.
3: Well, Jim, starting off on the November canola frontier, we did see a decline here this week. Today, we are up about $3 a ton at $8.20 approximately. However, for the week, we're down about $40 on the week. When it comes to Minneapolis wheat, we've seen another move down here on the week, down approximately 35 cents a bushel. Today, we're actually up about 15 cents a bushel here right now on the day, with Kansas up 23 and Chicago up. So a few things to note that is kind of happening here this week. We have seen some uncertainty for China supplying and China being an active buyer. So this was a bit of a bearish USDA report last week that we got. We have seen soybeans hold some critical levels, but soybean oil and palm oil were down quite a bit here this week, dragging down canola. And then on the wheat front, we have seen some levels being quite oversold here on the markets. We have seen low open interest and funds are short here on the wheat side of things. Ukrainian grain flows have picked up steam. And this is, again, helping push global wheat prices lower. So what's the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, next week, again, we're wanting to see canola hold this important around this $800 a ton level, which it has been doing here recently. And then on the Minneapolis wheat front, again, the trend is lower here. So if we see this kind of keep breaking lower, the trend is is still down. Adam Picallo is a commodity futures advisor. Back to
0: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasbourg. Canada's High Commissioner to the United Kingdom says progress is being made in a new trade deal between Britain and Canada. Ralph Goodale is back home in Regina for a couple weeks and spoke to the Canadian Club in Regina Wednesday. He says a third round of trade talks will start next month.
4: Well, they're going well. It, it's, it's early in the process. There have been two negotiating rounds uh, so far. The third one will come up in in September. Uh, The process will probably run for uh, uh, a year or more before all of the details are are hammered out. But so far, so good. And both sides are very optimistic that we can uh, have an agreement that improves on what's been there in the past, which was sort of carried over from the trading arrangements With Europe. So now after Brexit, we have to have our own specific deal with the UK and uh, we're optimistic and so are they that we can get a very good result.
2: How would farmers benefit?
4: Well, one of the things we're going to try to tackle is market access into the UK for products like Canadian beef and, and canola. Previously under the EU, there was a very restrictive regime for Canadian beef and Canadian canola. It was better than it was uh, before we had our comprehensive trade agreement with Europe. But still, it didn't go as far as, as we wanted it to go. It was good, but it could be a lot better. We want to improve on that if we can. Uh, and now that the UK doesn't have the whole of the EU looking over its shoulder and we can have a specific arrangement with the, uh, with the UK, we're hoping that, that market access for agricultural commodities can, can improve. And we need to really make the point that we have a very high quality and safe standard health system health of animals human health food safety system in canada it is we believe the best in the world in the world it is based on science and that should allow us to improve the market access for our products into the uk
2: how bad is the drought in the uk and in western europe and what does it mean for farmers here for market for markets
4: well it, uh, it it is very serious when you uh, when you look at the the wildfires that have been burning across Europe, uh, France in particular has been very hard hit. And indeed, when, when the UK set its all time temperature record uh, a couple of weeks ago, it got up to 41, which was. The highest temperature ever in history recorded in the u k there were wildfires burning in the suburbs uh, of London, which was absolutely unprecedented so yeah it, the uh, the the fire situation the drought situation is very serious, and that will that will continue to uh, accelerate demand for higher and higher north American production countries like canada the u s argentina australia. We will see more and more demand for our commodities, and then you, you factor onto that the additional problem with the, uh, the tragedy in Ukraine. This gets to be uh, a very desperate problem of world food insecurity.
2: Yes, the Russians' invasion of Ukraine seems to follow with a weaponization of food, as you mentioned in your presentation to the Canada Club in Regina, Uh, elaborate on that. What are your fears there and what do you see as the answer?
4: Well, uh, Putin
2: has used both food
4: and energy as weapons of war. And that obviously uh, causes huge problems for Ukraine uh, and the, the agony being imposed on, on Ukraine by Putin is, is just absolutely unconscionable, a demonstration of his depravity. But even beyond that, the impacts are being felt on the energy side right across Europe. Uh, they're being felt in Africa and the global south in terms of food uh, supplies and, and insecurity. Uh, and the the whole world just has to be riveted on this. Canada is. We have indicated that we are increasing our uh, energy export output by 300,000 barrels a day. We are uh, putting another $250 million into food aid. We are putting $50 million specifically into grain storage facilities in Ukraine. The potash companies, as you will have noticed earlier in the year, have indicated that they are going to be increasing their output over the next couple of years by as much as 40%. All of this indicates a good response on the part of Canada. It's a good beginning, but all of us are going to have to do more because this is a global crisis of very severe proportions.
2: Ralph Goodale is Canada's High Commissioner to the U.K. and is back home in Regina for a couple of weeks.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM.
5: This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Brittany Warner here for realagriculture.com out at the Crop Diagnostic School just east of a swift current here in Saskatchewan. I'm joined by Sabina Benitza. She is a professor and strategic research program chair at the University of Saskatchewan. We're talking today about root rot in pulse crops, specifically aphanomyces and fusarium. Firstly, how do you
6: tell the difference and what are you looking for between the two root rots? Okay, so in the field, differentiating between the two is really 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 difficult. First of all the symptoms aren't very clear anyway and secondly because you often have a co-infection so it isn't just one pathogen but very often it's a complex of several pathogens who infect um, the the roots. So um, if you do happen upon pea plants that are infected with aphanomyces what you would likely see is above ground stunted plants, yellowing plants and if you then dig up the roots. um, Classical symptom is that the the roots system is sort of discolored and has this honey caramel color instead of the creamy white that healthy roots have. The the root system is usually reduced and uh, very often you also find that these infected roots don't have nodules. In contrast, when you uh, look at fusarium, you actually very often have lesions, so dark discolorations just above the ground level, so in the hypocotyl area. And then um, if it's a pure fusarium infection, sort of most of the disease initially is sort of in the crown area of the root. And again, sort of the discoloring is much darker than you would have with aphanomyces. But as I said, in in the field very often, you have a mixed infection and then it just looks very ugly and nobody can really tell apart until they have analyzed. What
5: should producers be looking for or how often should they be going out to scout for either of the diseases?
6: These root rot pathogens can infect peas and lentil at any time of um, the season when the conditions are conducted. But the biggest impact is obviously when when the plants are young. So I think it is very important um, to check the fields when when you um, have seedlings emerging and just see how the stand is and then how the plants develop. Now. Um, of course, when you, when you do detect root rot, it's not as if you have any real ways of counteracting it. So it's really just for you to realize, okay, I have a root rot issue, and you should certainly figure out whether it is aphanomyces or fusarium. So whether you have aphanomyces in there, because that will determine future rotations. And then I guess the, the, the identification of these pathogens is more sort of a tool to going forward to plan rotations and not to run into other root rot disasters
5: again. How do your rotations vary if it's Fusarium versus aphanomyces? So with
6: the Fusariums the rotations are probably less effective because these pathogens are um, just sort of much have a much broader host range so you can't really easily break the disease cycles um, with these with different crops but with the aphanomyces specifically um, they, they have a much narrower host range. So we know that, um, here on the prairies, it's primarily lentil and pea are affected. So if, if your field test positive for aphanomyces, you should certainly look at rotations that do not include lentil or pea for six to eight years. And then you can sort of try again and see whether the inoculum has gone down enough or has disappeared and you can grow a a POI lentil again.
5: Okay, and what are we looking at as far as prime conditions for either of these root rots to come up? Is it primarily moisture? Are there other conditions that affect the outcome?
6: Yeah, so the aphanomyces specifically is um, sort of maybe more adapted to wet condition. Um, So that's why we really sort of discovered this disease during the wet years 2012 to 2016 right that's when when this topic really emerged Um, But it can also show up the disease will manifest when conditions are what what we would call normal Right, so it's not as if your field has to be flooded for aphanomyces to take hold Um, But generally sort of tendency more wet conditions this area, I think has a a much broader environmental adaptability so we we can even see some fusariums in in drier conditions
5: this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at real agriculture it's your agro weather forecast
0: on the source 620 ckrm The official
2: 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny sky today, the high 28, the low 11. Saturday, sunny, wind south 20, the high tomorrow 29, the low 13. Sunday, sunny with a high 32, the low 16. Monday, sunny, the high 34, the low 15. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 27, the low 13. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 24, the low 12. Thursday, partly cloudy with a high of 26 degrees. Normal high is 24, normal low for this date, 9 degrees. The sun rose at 5.53 this morning. It sets at 8.11 tonight and around the province. The hot spot is leader in west central Saskatchewan at 30 degrees. The cold spot, Broadview in the southeast at 23. Estevan is 24, Saskatoon 27, Swift Current 27, Weyburn 25. Yorkton, 23. Part the cloudy Regina, 24. That's 75 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northeast at 6. Humidity is 56%. And the barometer is dropping 102.1. Sunny and moose jaw, 24 degrees. Winds are from the north at 5. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy in 24, that's 75 Fahrenheit.
0: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions. From Gowan, Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan
2: Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. General harvest is still a couple weeks away in the Yorkton district. The Provincial Crops Extension Specialist in Yorkton, Samantha Marcino, says farmers are starting to desiccate some pulse crops
1: I would say probably 0%. We haven't really started here. The odd field is just starting to get desiccated if it was early peas or lentils, but harvest really isn't rolling here quite yet.
2: When do you expect harvest to get underway?
1: I mean, depending on weather, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, some of those earlier crops will get off. Generally, across the board, things are looking quite late around here. I haven't seen any canola being swaths or anything like that yet, so it'll be a couple of weeks yet before harvest really gets rolling.
2: So are, what kind of crops are you expecting? Below average, average, or above average yields?
1: You know, right now I'm in this general area, crops look really, really good. They're still a ways away from the finish line yet, so we don't want to get too excited about it. But if the frost stays away for probably three to four more weeks, we'll have probably average to above average crops.
2: That was going to be my next question. You expect frost could be a, a worry?
1: Frost is a big worry for, I think, everyone around here. You know, the weather this year was wet this spring and guys got seeded quite late. The crops are still quite late. They you know we have the moisture, so they're still going. Some oats, I mean, it's very late and just kind of coming out of the booth in certain areas. Some is already turning, so it is kind of all over the map, but generally, I would say in general, the canola needs like minimum three weeks.
2: Describe this year's precipitation. How has it been in the Yorkton District?
1: It's been fairly variable. Uh, lots of storms rolling through, but generally, I'd say we're very good for moisture. We usually get close to, you know, an inch every week or two weeks, so... Nothing to complain about in the moisture department. Some areas uh, with those bigger storms maybe that a little too much, but I would say most areas are sitting pretty good. Much hail? Yeah, you know, there was some hail on the weekend. Uh, very spotty, though, and more to, I would say, the northwest of us, but definitely north of Northland did get some, and I've heard that just kind of other spotty areas.
2: How about insects and crop diseases? How did that look?
1: Well, with all the moisture that we have been getting, there have been more of crop disease. I wouldn't say it's crazy quite yet. But definitely a bigger year for the disease. As far as insects go, we haven't had a crazy year, but there have been some reports of aphids, some grasshoppers, and just recently getting us a couple reports of uh, diamondback moth worms, in canola.
2: So, in summary, you hope to see harvest start in a couple of weeks and to wrap up when?
1: Oh gosh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know when it'll wrap up. As hopefully, it'll start. Yeah, like you said, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean it's already the middle of August, so you never know. When the frost will come through, maybe that'll make our harvest wrap up a little quicker than we want it to, but it won't be an early harvest by any means.
2: Samantha Marcino is the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small-town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com One of the 2022 inductees into the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame played an important role in combine optimization and the reduction of harvest losses. Les Hill was the project manager for testing at the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute in Humboldt until his retirement seven years ago. Starting in the mid-70s, Hill and the PAMI staff worked with combine manufacturers on testing to reduce losses. PAMI
7: held combine clinics for producers as well. Of course, the sales tactic was to tell them how fast they could go. And uh, consequently, you know, there were a lot of losses if they weren't set appropriately for that. So part of our evaluation program really highlighted what the losses were so that you could sort of see what the capacity of that machine was because there's a big difference between throughput and capacity. Throughput is doesn't do you much good if it just goes through and onto the ground. Capacity has to be rated at a loss and being able to measure the loss and up until that time very few people had an idea of about measuring loss. It was sort of a guess that didn't look too bad but uh, there was no way of quantifying it. So everybody had their own measuring stick and we started doing a lot of Development of little uh, tools to help people so that if you threw a pan under and got so many kernels per square foot, that gave you an idea how many bushels per acre were coming out the back end.
2: Hill compares the lost numbers from the 1970s to current times.
7: I would say that what has happened was the change in the crops has really improved. I mean, and changed the old hard threshing wheat, the uh, Nipawa wheat and that. You would have about one and a half percent that it was impossible to thresh out, and that's where the three percent acceptable sort of came in. We worked, and as newer crops came out, better, easier threshing wheat, and that that dropped down to about one and a half, and that sort of became the new standard to push for that one and a half. And as canola yields went up, of course, then you had to be careful because one and a half percent and two percent of uh, canola that's 50 bushel an acre and 60, and that is far different than when it was 20 and 25 bushels. So, you know, people had to adjust their thinking there and uh, develop better habits of checking for loss because there was huge amounts of money to be saved. Hill says farmers were involved with the research. Well, we went, uh, used to go out and do our research on farmers' fields, so it was important that we had cooperators. You know, we traveled all across the province here and there, and uh, so we were always seemed to be welcome. We never got turned away when there was free combine.
2: (laughs) Hill had good relationships with various combine makers.
7: We did. And that was the genius of, I guess, the people who started PAMI Is they, they had evaluation was our first thing that we did, and that brought us into contact with the manufacturers. And when they worked side by side with you, then they developed a trust in what you could do. Over the years, as it got more expensive to do evaluation, we had to do a lot more development work, and so then we started working with the companies before the problem. So we would do a lot of work with prototypes and pre-production models and that. We did a lot of development of test equipment for them as well. That brought them into our area, whereas previously they didn't look at us as being a major market, so they weren't that interested in testing here. But once they got involved with us, then they realized that was a very equitable way to basically do a lot of research and development
2: as developing combines is a challenge.
7: I mean we're talking about everything from corn and beans which you know are like marbles going through down to carrot seed and that uh, and grass seeds which are light, small and a whole bunch of chaff to go with it. So you know to say one machine can do all of that perfectly that's a pretty high test but I mean they have got better and better there's no doubt because of the pressure from people purchasing them.
2: Les Hill was a project manager at PAMI, the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute in Humboldt for many years.
0: The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM. Market
2: Update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Go from backyard blah to backyard beautiful with landscaping products from Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Sask Pork, Perfect Pork, our passion, our promise. Learn more at saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Vitera prices for canola fell two hundred ninety at seven hundred fifty dollars ninety two cents. Oats declined twenty seven dollars at two sixty nine fifty three. One red spring wheat went up three hundred eighty one at three fifty nine sixty five. The rest unchanged. Durham four zero eight sixty two. Feed barley two hundred sixty two eighty seven. Chickpeas nine twenty five ninety five. Flax, six twenty seven sixty seven, Lentils, seven o four fifty, Yellow peas, four forty two eighty nine, And feed wheat, two ninety nine fifty six. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat rose 16 cents. At 868 and three quarters cents.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on the source. 620 CKR74. The livestock quotes
2: are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842 4574. Now the latest quotations.
4: This is Graham Barnett with the market report. Hardline livestock here in Moosha. for a regular sale, consisting mostly of cows and bulls. These top end cows, one twelve to one nineteen sales right up to one twenty one. Medium cows, a dollar five to a dollar eleven. The good bulls traded from one thirty two to one forty one. Sales right up to one forty seven. We are expecting quite a few yearlings here for our Tuesday, August thirtieth sale. That market is very strong here right now. This is
0: Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon.
8: And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold sixty eight hundred hogs Thursday, selling a range of two hundred seventy to two hundred eighty six dollars per ckg. Today's sales are expected to be around 4700 head, selling in a range of $269 to $285 per ckg. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, August 20th are Wally West 2020, $280.80, Wally West 2021, 278 dollars Maple Leaf Sig 4, 270 Ham's Cash, 268 dollars Thunder Creek Brisco, 268 dollars High Life Cash and Contract, $286.43 per ckg. Hams and what sells this week are steady Selling in the range of 70 to 80 cents per pound live weight Ham's cash flow price today is down And forward contract prices opened lower this morning On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is down 10 basis points With a daily exchange rate at 1.2928 The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 76.96 cents U.S. Did the U.S. cash prices move lower on the last day of the price discovery period, with the negotiated Western corn belt softening two dollars and six cents U.S. a hundredweight, while the national variance pulled back sixty-seven cents relative to the previous day? Market participants had been anticipating seasonal pressures for weeks, but hot temperatures in the U.S., a relatively low availability of live hog supply, and ongoing demand have been supported for a few weeks further than when cash marks typically have already made the turn. Cuto values, on the other hand, are more or less reflecting seasonality, and the cumulative net value of the carcass is poised to come in lower than the previous week's base when the afternoon report is published later today. Lean hog futures, perhaps anticipating seasonality, conflationary pressures leading to demand, and unremarkable export numbers this week have come under pressure in recent sessions. The initial sell off developed Tuesday when there was talk managed money was liquidating long positions. Follow-through selling continues today with all futures contracts lower.
0: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The international dispute over Pipeline 5 belongs in U.S. federal court. That's the decision by Michigan Judge Janet Neff, who has ruled in favor of Calgary-based pipeline owner Enbridge for the second time in nine months. But it's a critical blow to Governor Gretchen Whitmer's bid to shut down the cross-border pipeline that runs under the Straits of Mackinac between Lake Michigan and Lake Huron. Stats Canada says retail sales increased 1.1% to $63 billion in June, boosted by higher sales at gasoline stations and motor vehicle and parts dealers. Higher prices helped lift sales at gas stations 3.9% for the month, even as sales at gasoline stations in volume terms fell 1.3%. Meanwhile, sales at motor vehicle and parts dealers gained 1.8% in June, boosted by a 2.9% gain at new car dealers. Core retail sales, which exclude gasoline stations and motor vehicle and part dealers rose 0.2 percent. In volume terms, retail sales gained 0.2 percent in June. Stats Canada says its preliminary estimate for July suggests retail sales for that month fell 2 percent. On the markets, the TSX is down 148 points to 20,117. The Dow has fallen 190 points at 33,808. Oil has gained a dollar five at 91.16 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 77.00 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley.
0: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620 CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything This podcast brought. Brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent herbicides.